my name is Vidya. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fitbots, and I'm absolutely pumped today to be in conversation with G, founder of Lemlist, and he is redefining personalization of scale at scale along with his awesome cold email outreach company named Lemlist. G is not new to us. If you go on LinkedIn, you'll find some awesome posts, and if you go on YouTube. You'll find this amazing video called "I Said No." So we're going to start with a very warm welcome to you, G, and uh, would love to learn more about you as well as how you how did you set up Lemless? Thanks a lot for having me, Vidya. I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, so so we started like um, Lemless about three years ago. Now uh, we have ten thousand plus customers, mainly based in the US. We have the um, so we are like in eighty five plus countries. Um, our team is about a bit less than 40 people and uh, essentially like we're growing very rapidly <laughs> and uh, we also we have also built the biggest community around sales automation called the Lemlist family where we really like uh, hang out with all our users and try to bring as much value as possible in order to help people build warmer relationships. That's that's awesome, G. And this is probably the dream spot for any founder to be at. At you know, ten thousand plus customers, more than six million ARR, and growing as we speak. So, what really made all this happen, and what did you do differently, especially during the early stages? I think the fact that we are like uh, entirely bootstrapped, so with zero fundings. We started the company essentially with uh, one thousand dollars. So we each of the founders spent like uh, three hundred dollars. And um, because we didn't have a lot of money, like we, we just wanted to focus on the success of our users. So in the early days, because our tool essentially allows you to automate sales prospecting, I was using it a lot to get in touch with people, build relationship, and eventually like have them use our platform. Um, whenever I was doing like the discovery call, I was essentially like learning what was their main pain points, whether it's deliverability, meaning the ability of an email to end up in the inbox, whether it's a reply rate, so the amount of people replying to your sales prospecting messages. And based on that, I was creating the best content possible for them so they can learn how to do proper sales prospecting and how to really build relationship with your prospect. Because in the end, sales is all about relationship. You need to build relationship to build trust. And when the trust is established, people are much more willing and inclined to use your product. So I think that the fact that my only focus was around my customers and making them successful made things a bit different because what you see usually is like first in in companies like the the ceo tend to think that you know is his role is really to manage people and to grow and scale etc i think that the fact that i spent 18 months doing marketing sales and support by my own <laughs> by myself was pretty much like very different. And I think I created a really like strong uh, bound with, uh, with our users. And that kind of like, I would say made the difference. And on top of it, something that I would also really advise is to document every single thing you do. Um, documenting allows you to first do it for yourself because it's, it's really a great way to take distance from all the things that you've done in the past. Because when you're constantly doing new things, you don't feel like you're moving fast enough. However, if you write an article about all the things you've done, you will realize that, okay, we have done quite a lot, you know, in the, in the past months. And it's also a great way to help other people connecting with your story, 
and eventually later on also like becoming parts of your community and afterwards become like users when the need comes to so this was kind of like a i would say like a cycle of growth where by focusing solely on the success of our users and being super transparent we were able to create meaningful relationship at scale and build such an amazing community you absolutely said it i'm actually part of the lemless community on facebook and i love it and i love the posts which happen and all the great conversations which go on in fact you thought about community led growth a lot sooner on before it was actually spoken about so how did you really put such an amazing community in place because you would have probably started with that first person who joined your community and that would have been like wow you know in a <laughs> moment of joy and now there are probably more than about 15000 plus members as part of the community so we'd love to learn so much more about that yeah in in all honesty uh, i started the community because i was the only one doing support at the time and because we were having like too much support i was like this is not possible i can't like keep up with all the chat so i'm going to invite people into a facebook group where i will basically share like um tutorial videos or templates or really good content to help people like succeed and that way you know i my goal was to essentially like remove the load of support so it was it was not like i didn't i'm not going to lie and say like my idea was really like to build the biggest community from scratch uh, just because you know i wanted to build a community it was really initially like about support and when i started seeing people you know like um were like exchanging learning new things etc i was like okay this is really good and as of now you know i'm going to start like i started a series initially which was like a cold email template series so every single week i was starting new campaigns using like lemlist i was basically starting two to three campaigns and the one which had like the the best results i would share it in the community explaining what i did to get this results sharing everything super transparently so every single week I had I was sharing like a new template to people explaining how to set everything up etc cetera, etc cetera. and this worked so well that later on you know this transparency was so in much in our DNA that people felt like it was okay to share and the more you share and the more you give the more people are going to give in return and I think there is like a lot of business karma overall and if you if you give if you give if you give eventually like a good thing will happen to you and and for us I think you know like back in 2018 when we started like if you would have asked um a, a user of a sales automation platform to share their sales prospecting template everyone would have say no <laughs> you know it's like it's our secret sauce we don't want to share it etc now within the lemlist family and the lemlisters everyone like to share because it's like we've started like sharing so much that people think that okay now i've learned so much i have i'm having like amazing results with my campaign it's my turn to share and i'm happy to do it and that's why you know like after like right now we have created i think it's we started like about yeah a year and a half ago lemlister of the week when each week someone from the community shared their campaigns with their like what's the wording they use and what result they had and we have like the biggest hub around that which again had created so much inspiration and was so powerful for our users so these little things i think made really the the community grow and uh and eventually you know like it's key to our success also well we also started as uh, you know something to help you in the support but it actually grew into something so much more and absolutely loved the way it's actually expanded to having people paid forward because it's something which has worked for them and they would want to pay it forward and that's what you really want to build so absolutely love that 
In fact, you speak a lot about relationships and currently you're doing relationships at scale. And you've got something so, so unique about image personalization on Lemlist. We would love to learn more about how exactly do you do image personalization and that personalization at scale. So prior to start Lemlist, I had like a lead generation agency. So I was helping a lot of companies acquire customers. So I was doing sales prospecting for them. And eventually, like, I, I wanted to implement something with like photos. So I thought that, you know, like whenever you reach out to someone, they don't know your face. They don't know who you are. They don't know exactly like who's the person reaching out. It could be a bot. It could be anything. However, you know, like when you see like the persons, the relationship changed totally. It's the same as when you see someone in video, you know, whether it's image or video, it's a whole new level whenever you want to build relationships. So I thought about like testing things and the, the process was like super manual. So I was adding like logos onto photos or text onto photos. I had like virtual assistant do that for me and creating like photos for our clients and then sending them. And then I was like, okay, like I'm sure that we can do that at scale, but we need like a proper software to do this. So this is when I met actually my two co-founders. We started discussing about how we could implement this. And essentially right now on images, you can pull automatically the first name of the person. So you couldn't put, for example, on a coffee cup, the first name of the person, if you're trying like to build a relationship or inviting them to like a virtual coffee, or you could add their logo also on an image. And you can do all these little things that just show an extra layer of personalization by also adding and keeping the human touch. So we're basically able to do that with both like images and videos, which will essentially like help you really like boost and push the relationship. But again, you know, like the, the most important part, if you want to automate things, the most important part is to really find out, find the, the right person to reach out to. So the, the technique and the approach of kind of like spamming and spray and pray, which is getting a list, sending them the message and being all super about yourself and what you do doesn't really work. Um, you know, like building your network, having like uh, trying to build relationship with specific people step by step, bringing them value, not talking up too much about yourself, but trying to really like bring value and personalizing things, make the outreach and the relationship building much easier. So again, it's, it's automa automatization is something that's really important because you don't want to waste time on follow-ups, but you should always make sure that the person you reach out to, you are generally interested in what they are doing and how you can help them. Awesome. And uh, do you have like a favorite image that you have on Lemlist, which is your personal favorite? <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think to be honest, like the, the one with the coffee cup, uh, was was really like uh, marking. We had actually a lot of copycats reusing that one. But uh, in the end, I think it works well because everyone went to Starbucks and, you know, like everyone already had their name written on, um, on, the, on the glass. So I think it's uh, on the coffee cup, sorry. And essentially like uh, this is like, yeah, for people, it, it does this wow effect that's really powerful, which I think is, uh, I think it's quite nice. That's one of my favorites as well. So great to know that. <laughs> um, I was actually going through YouTube and I saw and this amazing YouTube video of how uh, you put together your own personal journey of how you said no to 30 million USD funding. And that's not an easy decision for any founder to turn it down. 
Um, and towards the end of the video, I actually saw pictures of your family. So it made it so real and so authentic. And I, I would really love to learn more about what really went in your mind when you said no to the investor who actually came up and said, okay, here's 30 million USD. So the, the thing is like, um, I, I spend a lot of time and I spent a lot of time, you know, helping entrepreneurs. And essentially like what I see is that because of the media, always showcasing the fact that in order to have like a successful startup, you need to raise a lot of money. People tend to be solely focused on that, meaning that I want my article in TechCrunch. So my only focus would be to raise money and raise funds, which I think is the worst idea ever. You know, like it's first you should focus on your users and solely on your users. And eventually, if you become like with a high growth and profitable, then, you know, you'll be in control of what you want to do, what you want to achieve. And you will see if, if getting funding is the right path for you or not. But it shouldn't be associated to success because we see a lot of startups, especially bootstraps, so without any funding, that are being really, really successful, but no one talks about them. And my idea was essentially like, uh, I think fundraising can really be like a nice thing for a lot of startups that needs it. But I don't think that this is the only path to success. So my idea was like, okay, we're, we're, what we're going to do is announce publicly that we're going to raise 20 million. Um, then, you know, like record the pitch with an investor. So sharing all our numbers publicly, et cetera, our growth rate and everything. And then let's see if we receive an offer. But if we do, we will say no to showcase to the world that success shouldn't be linked to the amount of money you raised. Because in the end, like uh, for me, like I come from a background, like my family didn't get, like my parents, they didn't get any degree. They didn't study. Um, they grew up on a farm. Like I didn't grow up with a lot, but I never, I never lacked of anything essentially. Um, but you know, like I was, I grew up in this neighborhood where there were a lot of diversity and a lot of kind of like poor people, etc. And for me, what was really, really important is I believe that entrepreneurship and launching your business can really change the world. But the truth is like, if you see that in order to make a successful business, you need to raise funds, but to raise funds, you need to be a white male who has done like a master's degree, etc. which I, I totally fit this profile, to be honest. But it's, if, if you always associate the success to this, then, you know, like, there's something wrong here because it means that we're not going to inspire enough people to start their business. So eventually we received that first 20 million offer. So we announced it again publicly. And then afterwards we received another offer, which was $30 million where $15 million was in cash out, meaning we could take directly this into our own bank account. So at that time it was very tough because $15 million in your own bank accounts, like $5 million, $5 million for each of the founders. So it's a life-changing amount. And, you know, like this is where the why you are doing things is really important. And right now, like we were like, okay, why are we doing this? Is our message and the value we want to showcase to the world more important than the money? And the answer was yes, because in the end, you know, like I went from uh, not having money, having like my ex-girlfriend paying for the rent uh, up to like having like really good money, really good salary and everything. And you know, my happiness was not tied to, to this amount of money. Like I was happy, like I didn't change, you know, I still buy my t-shirt from Uniqlo, $5. I'm happy with it. It's i uh, I'm a simple guy. 
So I was like, okay, this is really important. Let's, let's go, let's say no, send this strong message. And afterwards, you know, it was crazy because I received like literally like thousands of messages from people all over the world um, coming from diversity or people with like really very few money who got inspired by this journey and were saying like, yeah, you know, like I've been talking with investors for six months, then either never reply or make me wait and eventually like say no. So it's like, it doesn't work, you know, and, and, I, and it's good, you know, like that people are kind of like switching their mindset from, okay, I'm going to be super focused on the success of our customers versus trying to raise funds at all costs. And eventually I think like it's, it's healthy for your business. It's healthy for your team. It's healthy for everything else. And raising funds should be something that can go quickly if you are in the good spots. So put yourself in the spotlight, put yourself in the best financial position ever. So you have like the most leverage and at that time trigger it if you need, but it's not, you won't be forced to do it. Absolutely inspired by what you just said, G, because as you rightly said, there's so much of success associated with only fundraising as a milestone, but there's so much more. Actually, getting your business profitable and standing on your own feet is, you know, a whole new, uh, you know, kind of feeling as well. So there is hope for entrepreneurs of all kinds, not only those only going behind venture money, and you actually set the foundation for that. So thank you so much for doing that video, and I absolutely love the cake and how Chef Simon actually slices the cake and then talks about it in the context of a company as well as fundraising. So love that analogy. Um, you speak about, a lot about um, Lemlist and Lemlisters as your family. And you have your amazing team of about 40, as you said. Um, so I'd love to learn a little more about your people leadership practices and how do you build that awesome culture at Lemlist? I think what's, uh, what's really important and... Uh... Is, is to make sure that whenever like you're hiring people, like for us at least, what's part of our DNA is what we call like the continuous optimization. So optimization is about all our processes, but also, you know, as a person, how can you like be optimized what you're doing, learn new things, um, develop yourself constantly. So we try to hire people who have like entrepreneur mindsets. And the reason why we do that is because we want to give enough freedom for people to fail enough people for people to learn, enough freedom for people to really like do the extra mile and do things that they wouldn't be able to do in any other company. So our idea, you know, when it comes to leadership is that the more people feel accountable and feel in charge and they have their own ownership, the better the company will do in the long run. And even though it's super tough to, you know, like give a lot of freedom to people as a founder, it's still something that's necessary. I'm not like perfect because um, I love things to be like really like perfect and square, etc. So I tend sometimes, you know, like to be too much involved in the day to day. But at the same time, people still feel the freedom that I give them on specific projects. So the way I would advise like, or at least something that has worked really well for us is to kind of have this 80-20 um, mindset where 80% of the time would be you helping them to like learn, grow, and really like guide them on how to become better. And the 20% of their time should be on something that they 100% own and where you shouldn't say a single word about it. That's their project, you are not involved in it, and you shouldn't even reply if they ask for advice. This is on the 80%, but for this one, it's their project, they should do this on their own. And if they're seeking for advice, they should 
build their network, find other people and seek for that advice. And by doing this, we felt like people were taking more risk. People were doing like bold decisions. And it was, it's kind of like, um, again, like a very virtual circle because you have like people starting doing bold things at the company. So other employees were like, oh, we can actually do these things. So it's inspiring. And then they do even bolder things and so on and so forth. And, and later on, you have like everyone starting their own thing, building their own personal brand, for example, or developing something special. And later on, this is definitely something that works well for the company because it shows that everyone at Lemlist is doing XYZ. It's quite inspiring to see like the freedom <clears throat> that people can have. And later on, you know, it's helpful for hiring like more talent, helpful for getting more customers and helpful for having the company grow essentially. And you said it because so much of innovation can actually uh, come out of this 20% of time that people are actually placing. And what I really liked about what you said is that they have to figure it out on their own instead of relying only on, let's say, a support from, let's say, somebody like yourself as a CEO and founder that go and build your own networks. And that's really powerful. So awesome practice there. Uh, coming to people, it's also about alignment. So we are an OKR company and we would love to learn more about how, what are your practices on getting people together? I think, yeah, definitely like uh, OKRs are extremely important. Um, if, if you don't align on objectives, people will not understand like where to go. So the way we work, for example, like OKRs are very used in uh, our marketing slash growth team and also like in our sales team. Um, obviously, like objective is always, you know, towards more like I would say long-term goal with the company's goal, like what we want to reach, et cetera. And the key results are going to be very specific metrics that people need to focus and try to achieve. Usually like what we do is that um, we set up the objective uh, or like the head of each department would set it up. And afterwards, each person needs to set their own key results. So for example, if, if we say like, okay, we want one of the objective would be like, uh, for example, to, to have like a, a bigger brand awareness. So the person working, for example, in the community is going to say, okay, one of my key results is going to be to increase the, um, I would say like um, interaction rates and engagement rates in the community and also increase the number of people in the community by X percent. And each person will be actually in charge of their key results. In sales, it's a bit different because we like to align everyone on similar number uh, of monthly recurring revenue to close per month. And we also have this ramp up time for new hires where essentially we're not going to ask a sales rep that just joined Lemlist to reach uh, the full amount of monthly recurring revenue they would reach after three months and being fully onboarded. So that's kind of how we work. So sales team is basically much more like um, OKRs are, are, are stuck. Like they are not going to like uh, each individual will not, you know, have an impact on their own OKR. However, for marketing and growth, each person choose that. So I guess it depends kind of the departments, but both of these things works pretty well for us. And I absolutely love the examples that you shared because you, you spoke about so many lead indicators to your business. For instance, interactions in the community um, as opposed to signups, which happen, but the interactions are so important to you. So those are some awesome examples. Is there any personal favorite OKR of yours that you love to track? Um, for me, like uh, the, I would say like 
MRR and profits, obviously, because like I'm the CEO, so I need to make yes. sure that we still have money in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that's that's like uh, I, I would say like the, the the favorite. But in terms of key results, something I really like to to track is definitely like our our funnel is pretty like straightforward. So it's uh, essentially like sign up, activation, and uh, paid. And this is a funnel I track quickly, just because you know like. Um, I can predict by the funnel we're having right now how much you know like revenue we're gonna get in the next coming weeks or months, and this is very predictable. So it's reassuring, and this is something that's also like a, so MRR monthly recurring revenue, uh, number of sign up weekly, number of um, activated people, just to show like whether or not you know everything's going well with the app, and finally like paid customers allow us to to see like uh, what's going on. And since we're a SaaS company churn is also like super important so a month of people like actually canceling their membership but um yeah that's i would say like the five okrs <laughs> that i'm looking at spot on and thanks thanks so much for sharing those um, I absolutely have enjoyed and loved this conversation uh, with you g and just before we actually close the conversation would love to learn uh, about your favorite book, do you have like a favorite book or a favorite quote which is very close to your heart and you'd like to share it with everyone? Um, favorite book is uh, is quite tough because uh, <laughs> because uh, there are many. Um, one that I think one that I enjoyed and that is like very like uh, easy to read because I was never like a, a passionate reader. Like uh, for a long time, I really hated to read books. Uh, I I much more like uh, in line with reading articles where people have like you know structures their thought in a concise way. And sometimes books tend to be like okay, there is a lot of page that you can skip. Um, but a book that I really enjoyed reading and it was quite quick to read was uh, Lost and Founder from uh, Rand Fishkin. The reason why I liked it is I think it's really inspiring to because. When you are a CEO of a company, you are like alone. Like no matter like if you have your co-founders, you 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 will be alone because everyone is expecting you as the CEO to make the toughest decision. So it's a lot of pressure. There are a lot of things that you can't talk about, and and this is like uh, this is I think tough. And Lost and Founder for Ren Fishkin really shows the ups and downs and the roller coaster and all the, you know, when you see a lot of people facing like troubles and shits and things like that, you're like, okay, I'm not alone. <laughs> Actually, I'm not alone. So this was like a really good book and a quote that I like. Um, it's one that's been attributed to, uh, to Michael Jordan, but I think it was not Michael Jordan who said it in the first place. But essentially, it's uh, you miss all the shots that you don't take. I think this is like a really powerful because in life this is true like um the the only things that will make you like become someone different or make things happen is if you start doing things and and if you are afraid of doing it like human beings are i think pushed by momentum and the momentum is like making the first step you will never get momentum if you stay your two feet on the ground however it's it's just that first step that's gonna make you want to do the second one and the third one and so on and so forth. Thanks, G, and absolutely inspiring to learn about many of the many steps that you've taken. And <laughs> thanks for having this awesome conversation with us. And it's truly inspiring to so many founders, CEOs out there as they listen to you. And thanks so much. And may you continue 
growing and growing a limblist as you always have been thanks a lot for having me have a great day thank you ji